0: Welcome to today's episode of the ATG podcast with Chelsea, Randy, Tanya, Keisha, and you. Today we're talking about hospitality. So open your front door. Let's talk about how we can give it and how we can receive it. So pull up a chair, join us as we reframe life one conversation at a time. Hello, ladies.
1: Hello. All right, we're talking about
0: hospitality today. Why we often withhold it, why we crave it, why we need it, and how do we do it? First question. Give me one person or one home or instance that reminds you of hospitality. Tanya.
2: So this is a recent occurrence in my life but at our church, we have started a program called Forks and Fellowship, which actually I got the idea from a cousin that Chelsea and I have, Carol Ann, who lives in Oklahoma. They had started this program at her church. And what I love about Forks and Fellowship is that so you basically sign up um, and then you're paired off with three other couples, and every quarter, you each have to host one another in your home. So Tanya 10 years ago would have been completely put off by that because I would have felt like that was daunting. I didn't really feel equipped or competent to do Mm -hmm. so. I would have felt like I always go to the side of not that I would never want to spend time with someone else, but in my insecurity, I always think, oh, well, they probably don't want to spend time with me. You know, they Mm -hmm. don't want to come to my house. They don't want to hang out with me. You know, I'm not that fun. So I think for me, that was always kind of daunting to have people over. But that has been the most fun. I have loved it because Mm -hmm. it's one thing to be acquainted with people. I mean, I go to a very small church. I live in a small town. So we all, I'm doing air quotes, know one another. But Mm -hmm. to really sit down at a table and dine together you go from acquaintance to actually knowing things about people you've known for years, but never knew about them. And I'm going to tell you that has been so impactful on me. And I think several others who have actually signed up for that. So I have loved, loved getting to practice hospitality in that manner.
3: You know, I love that you said that because you, uh, one of our core values at our church is tables over platforms. And recognizing good. that you can perform on a platform, but you can't perform at a table. Tables are where you're known.
2: That's you're exposed. So true. Well, you're yeah. the most you in your own home. That's right. That's Very right. revealing. Yeah, it's good. Keish?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, you, Chelsea. I would say the first uh-huh. night that we had moved in our new house, Chelsea came over and had dinner prepared for all of us. So, um Chelsea definitely has the gift of hospitality. And that night, I definitely uh, really enjoyed it. First night in the new home, I didn't have to worry about anything. She had it all taken care of for us. And it was great.
3: Oh, thank you, Keisha. You're welcome. What about you, V? There's lots of people who have opened their homes and they've been really meaningful and impactful. But the person that really came to, or the people who came to mind to me first, whenever you asked the question, was Mike and Donna Smith. So many of you don't know this, but Mike and Donna Smith not just opened up their home for meals, but that's where our church started, was in their living room. Like Mm -hmm. they provided a space for us to gather with the intent of planning a church. And so we gathered, we laughed, we cried, we prayed, we ate, we shared in meals. Like it was just, and we cast vision and just really sought the Lord in their home. And it was just a simple, to them a simple thing, but it was a huge deal. To everyone else who is present, so Mike and Donna Smith.
0: That's awesome. I love Mike and Donna Smith. They're incredible. They have those they little are. hairy cows. What are they call? Yes, called? they
3: do. What are they? I don't know. What it's Highland. Called. Highland
0: cows. Thank you. So You're cute. Uh, Cecilia Reyes. That's the number one person that comes to my mind with hospitality. My best friend from college. She lives in Destin, and so everyone is constantly calling her to come and visit, and she never says no. She has four girls. She says, bring it on. And she just makes it look so effortless. And she's not striving. She's not trying to put a grand show on. She just wants to sit at a table with you and actually hear about level four, level five conversation about your life. Even if there's nine children running around eating pizza somehow she is just that person that draws you in and makes you feel like you have a place, you have a home. So what's at stake when it comes to hospitality? We wrote here inner circle community versus isolation. Who wants to comment on that? Because that's a big deal right now. We're probably the most isolated we've ever been as far as uh, how we human In this day and age, we feel like we're connected because we look at screens of other humans. um, But the art of hospitality is lost in that setting.
2: Well, you can't fulfill your calling without community. If you think about every gift of the spirit that God has given within the body of Christ, it is for the maturity and the edification of the body. So you can't fulfill your calling and serve the purposes of God in your generation on your sofa by yourself. It takes deep, meaningful connection. But you just said something interesting. You said level four or level five conversation. So when we're talking about hospitality, we're talking about a sacred duty to treat strangers and friends alike. Belonging, bringing forth a sense of belonging to our homes, communal spaces, and lives. So you've already made the point. It's not about entertainment. It's not about show. It's not about superficial small talk. So I think to go from that place of isolation to inner circle, hospitality is about creating those spaces in our lives where you do get to those deeper levels. But that can be intimidating. Mm -hmm. That can be, how do you get to level four and level five conversations with people you may yet not know that well?
0: So hospitality is a journey. It's not a one-time thing. And in fact, I've heard of stories where people, Christians, they invited other people to their home because they wanted to share the gospel, but there was an agenda. (laughs) They were kind of like, Hey, this is it. So what's it going to be? That's not how hospitality works. There's so much more finesse to hospitality. Hospitality is we're going to put in the hours together. And when you come over it may just be me sitting down to a meal with my family and we're having vegetable soup. But guess what? The door's open and you need a place right now. Bring it in. There's so many people that have done for me, especially when I think about in my teen years and young adulthood years, where you're just a little bit lost and you're trying to figure out this world and you're not living at home anymore. And you have those certain people that say, just come and eat. Eat off my Dixie plates. And you do, and it's beautiful. And they teach you how to adult, and they teach you what the love of Christ looks like. We talk about this often. Jesus was never in a hurry, but he was always either eating a meal, leaving a meal, or going to a meal, as John Mark Comer says. <laughs> and that's the kind of Jesus that I want to follow. He was constantly, as Brandy was saying, he was constantly going and sitting at tables. With people, Even though he was essentially homeless as an adult, he was still interacting in a hospitable way, even if it was somebody else's house. Talk about blurring the lines between host and guest again, Tanya.
2: So we were having a discussion before we started recording the podcast just about what true hospitality looks like. And true hospitality, the lines between host and guest are extremely blurred. It's because you're all you know, you're all in it together. And Jesus, when he would enter homes, he was both the host and the guest. And I think sometimes we feel like hospitality isn't our thing or hospitality is maybe something we're not good at, but sometimes it's just showing up. Sometimes it's just extending our hands. And as Chelsea said, everybody needs paper plates and napkins. Sometimes it's just showing up and offering what we have to offer. In that particular space to promote that sense of belonging and deeper, meaningful, authentic community. Amen. So, how do you learn it?
0: I think you learn it the same way you learn anything else. You watch people that are great at it and have a heart for it. If we continue on in our social media world, there will be thousands upon thousands of people. It, this is my theory that will not know anything about hospitality. It is an art. And someone has to keep it going where it's not just, you know, my kid and my spouse at the table with me. We've got to invite other people in because that is the gospel. The gospel is building a community that knows and shares in the love of Christ, gathering together and breaking bread together.
2: What do you think are the roadblocks to hospitality? Why do we not practice that more as a society? The lie versus the truth? Yes.
0: I think we think one meal or two meals or three meals don't matter. Hmm. I don't think they, we think that they can really impact a person's life, but they can.
2: I think for me, sometimes I thought I was too busy and that was always a lie because when I made time and you always make time for what's important to you, when I've made time, I've never regretted it. I've also not done it at seasons because I felt incompetent because there was a part of me that felt like it did need to be more entertainment, but really understanding what true biblical hospitality is totally shifted that for me into feeling like, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's about just making people feel seen and celebrated. Mm-hmm. And the other big one for me was sometimes I just felt like I was too tired, but when you take the sacrifice and the time to do it, it's energizing. I mean it it really is it really fills your spirit and gives you energy in every realm in a way that nothing else can
3: and I think it has to be with the right heart because I hear you say that, and then you know someone with a certain personality would see it as that duty and that task, and that oh, I've got to do these things and instead of not instead of taking delight, so you're saying someone who has that gift or practices it and develops it there's going to come that delight. Yeah, there's, there's some work involved, but it's delightful. Like you're, you're energized, you feel good about it and you see the fruit. Okay. Just so you guys know, podcasters, fact is, is Tanya and Chelsea are both incredible at this. Me, on the other hand, not so much. So, so I think about, I'm like, oh, there's some work that goes into that. And I see how, you know, you all prepare for things. And so I'm like, how do you, How do you know at the end of the day that it is delight? Like, what do you experience at the end of a time where you've hosted a meal or you've hosted something?
0: To me, hospitality is I don't have to think anything about myself. I get to focus all my efforts on my guests. I want them to feel home that's the ultimate goal. I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel cared for. I want them to be able to come in and say, I'm tired. Can I just lay down and take a nap for 15 minutes? That is like the ultimate compliment. When someone comes to your house and they say, can I take a nap? Guess what? They trust you. Love that. I've taken a nap at
1: Chelsea's house on her couch.
0: i think i think we've all done that with each other yep. and that's special it really is because then you come to the point and you say wow we're we're not performing for each other anymore are we dear no <laughs> <laughs> this is real life um, i want to go to proverbs 11 24 25 and 26 i don't want to miss what tanya said about we think we're too busy we think we're too tired we think we don't have the means or the money to host and proverbs 11 24 Give freely and become more wealthy be stingy and lose everything the generous will prosper those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed people curse those who hoard their grain but they bless the one who sells in times of need so in my mind hospitality is scattering what you gather and that's what produces a harvest is the scattering of those seeds that you've gathered not hoarding them, not thinking I don't have enough. In the words of Nicole Smithy, living a small life. When you practice hospitality, you are daring to live a large life because you're inviting people into it.
2: Brandy, to the point that you made, you basically described First Peter 4, 8 through 11, where it's telling us in God's word to love one another deeply and to show hospitality without grumbling. A great way that we love one another deeply is to demonstrate hospitality. And I want to read you a quote. This is from Amy Hannon's book. Amy Hannon is from Arkansas. I'm going to link her book in the show notes. It's called Gather and Give. She does a lot of women's ministry and speaking um, really everywhere. She hosts a lot of um, supper clubs in her home. She learned hospitality through her grandmother. And in her book, she says, hospitality is ground zero for the Christian faith. She talks about how Jesus used the intimacy of a shared meal to express truth and grace. Hospitality, biblically speaking, takes strangers and makes them neighbors, takes neighbors and makes them the family of God. Jesus Mm. knew this, and he modeled this. Mm. That's great.
1: I actually have a quote, too, that I want to read from Paul David Tripp. Just as you guys were talking about hospitality, I started thinking about the opposite of hospitality. could potentially be laziness, and I read a great quote the other day from him that says, "Laziness is rooted in self-love. It's taking ourselves off the hook, opting for the comfortable instead of the best." Grace isn't lazy.
0: Mm, dang, that's good. Yeah.
2: Shall we go for a here
0: to there, dear?
2: Yes. All right. So we have a few here to there's today, actually. So one of the Here to There's is the book I just mentioned by Amy Hannon, Gather and Give. We'll link that in the show notes. Another book that we want to link is by Rosaria Butterfield. It's called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. You'll love it. Uh, I actually have not read it, but I've, I mean, everything you look up and research about hospitality she is mentioned and quoted by several people there is a podcast that chelsea and i listen to by john mark comer about biblical hospitality we will also link in the show notes radically ordinary hospitality is the name of the podcast all right so this one is practical if you're practicing hospitality something that i cannot live without are the foil steam pans from sam's you know what i'm talking about They're just the steam pans, makes it so easy to cook in. Then you don't have to clean a pot. You don't have to clean a casserole dish. You cook in it, when it's done, you throw it away. I love me some paper products. So that's an easy way, especially when cooking for a large group of people. Foil steam pans, I get mine at Sam's, I will link that. Another great thing I wanna mention is a product called Table Topics. So Chelsea was talking about level four or five conversation. Sometimes it's just hard to generate that around the table, especially with a group of people you might not know that well. So this is basically question cards and you kind of hand one out to everybody, you flip over your card, you're gonna answer your question. And I'm gonna tell you every time we have done this, we've laughed till our sides hurt. (laughs) <laughs> or sometimes it's brought a lot of emotion and tears because people remember things and tell stories that they haven't thought about in years. So table topics, I will also link that in the show notes. And I'm going to give you one more thing that every good host should have. And I was reminded about my love for this product this past weekend when Bob and I were both together in the small confines of a hotel room. It's not a new product. You may have heard of it, but there are some new scents. <laughs> but the product is called poo Y'all know what poopery is? Yes. If you don't, you need to know what poopery is.
0: Remember how Tanya said she loved all things pumpkin spice? Yeah. This is just a whole other level. So
2: listen to this. Currently, your poop can smell like (laughs) salted caramel, autumn air, pumpkin spice, fall leaves, or apples. (gasps) What do fall leaves <laughs> smell like?
0: <laughs> God, they smell like mildew.
2: But every oh. good giver of hospitality should have this on her potty.
1: I'm just going to veto the salted caramel. I don't want it.
3: That's I love salted I was-
1: caramel, and I don't want it associated with poop. But all the others, let's do it.
3: Have at it. I agree with you,
2: Brandy. I, I mean, Keisha, I don't think I could. the salted caramel. poop kind of weirded me out, Mm-mm. too. But it is an excellent... Product. All
1: right, Chelsea, will you tell everybody what level four and level five communication is, just so they understand kind of what we're talking about?
0: Okay, so five levels of communication. First level is ritual, like how's the weather? Second, extended ritual. Third is surface level. Fourth is you're willing to talk about yourself. Five is you're willing to talk about the relationship between you and the person that you're having the conversation with. So, most vulnerable, most exposed.
1: The hardest level there is, of course.
3: <laughs> these cards you're talking about just jumps all the one through three and just puts you at four. That sounds terrifying.
0: <laughs> not for a four, it doesn't.
3: You're like, can we just start at five? Especially for a four. I'm like, I'm not ready to be exposed in front of these people. I can't trust them with my heart. So let's talk
0: about some scripture. What does scripture have
2: to say about hospitality? One of my favorite Biblical examples of hospitality is in John chapter 21. And it's after the crucifixion and the resurrection. Jesus is basically revealing himself to his people. The disciples had been out fishing all night. They're coming in in the morning and they see a man standing on the shore by some coals of fire. And it is Jesus there and he is cooking them breakfast. And I just think that that is so cool. The tenderness and the kindness and the hospitality of Jesus. He revealed himself in that manner and in that capacity. And what I love even more is in that biblical narrative, not only is he cooking for them, but then he begins to dialogue with Peter who had just denied him three times. And so He denies Christ three times and three times Christ (laughs) asked Peter, do you love me? And he kept asking him because he wanted Peter to get to the heart of, I don't want us to have a superficial love. I don't want us to stay at level one, two, three, and four conversation. I want you... To be all in because I have a calling for your life mm. that is so great that we need to be in a relationship with one another that is deep and that is intimate. And that is what happens when you sit around a kitchen table, mm. because in that conversation, their relationship was restored. You know, when Peter had to be rolling up to the shore and mm. he saw Jesus there, he at first had to feel really self-conscious and hindered because he's thinking, man, I just denied him three times. But by breaking bread together, by sitting down together, by having that conversation, that relationship was restored. Peter's identity was solidified, and he went on to be a rock upon which Christ built his church.
0: I love that. I love that story because we're going to get to eat in the afterlife. I mean, that is proof we're going to get to eat in our resurrected bodies, which to me might have been the most exciting revelation my mind has come to. And ultimately, we are headed toward the most ultimate form of hospitality. There will be a feast. There will be a wedding feast after Jesus returns, where he extends all of his hospitality to his saints. That's incredible. What we can do now, Matthew 25, 35 through 40, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry, feed you, thirsty, give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Every time you practice hospitality, you're not just practicing it on the human flesh person in front of you. You are practicing it on God himself. You're clothing him. You're feeding him. You are quenching his thirst by doing it for a fellow human being. That is supernatural. That changes the game. In my mind, that changes the game.
1: I have a, a scripture that I kept going to just when we all first brought up hospitality. I just kept seeing the words in my mind of Jesus reclining at the table. And it's mm-hmm. Matthew 9, 10, And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were, were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. Not only was he reclined, but because he was h- so hospitable and people wanted to be around him, everybody else felt comfortable to recline with him as well. And I thought that was just a perfect picture.
0: Randy, you talked about reclining at the table. Tell us more about that.
3: So when I was doing some study on the state of which, because you see Jesus reclining all over the place, all over scripture, every time you see him and even the disciples and they talk about their posture at the table, it was always in a state of reclining. And so when you go back and look at scripture before the Israelites are delivered from captivity, their posture at the table was one of being ready to flee. It's having your sandals on with everything ready to go. So it's the opposite of resting and reclining. But then after salvation came, after the deliverance that they received, it took on a completely different posture. And so that's, that's why you see them. Now we can relax because it's a posture, a physical demonstration of the peace that comes along with salvation. That's good.
0: So how do we do it? How do we use what we know to transform us into Christ-like hosts? I propose a challenge.
1: I wish I could see Brandy's face right now, listeners.
0: I can see your face and ah! it's got some stank on it. What's the challenge? Get that calendar out. What's the challenge? Get that calendar out. It's October what? 3rd? 4th. Fourth. 4th. Fourth. 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 When we're recording this. Fourth. I want you to look at the next month pick one date that's the day you're going to invite one, two, three however many people over but you're going to choose one day and you're you're going to open your your door and you're going to love on somebody
1: and can I just add it doesn't have to be fancy i think we when we hear this idea of hospitality we think we've got to prepare a gourmet meal or you know just do something elaborate pick up some pizza and bring it home like it doesn't have to be fancy but anything that is welcoming people in, they're appreciative of. Whether I get pizza or a ribeye, if I go to somebody's house, I don't care. I just am thankful that they have me there.
2: Yes, and to Keisha's point, the book that I'm going to link that Amy Hannon wrote, she, at the end of every chapter, she gives some great recipe ideas. Some are super simple, even to the point of how to... do a frozen pizza with some drizzled honey and some other elements in an arugula salad and just really easy things to do. She also gives suggestions of things to have on hand to make it easy, ways to prepare in advance. And and I'm stealing her words. These aren't mine, but it's so true. It's intentional, not elaborate. It's where simple things become significant things and where the ordinary becomes extraordinary Mm. when you're just willing to open your door and Mm -hmm. not worry about the show of it all. Yes. And for those of you that
0: have, you work with young adults or you have young adult children, or you're a teacher, something like that, think who is out there that I have knowledge that I can impart to. Who is someone that I can potentially be a shoulder to lean on and a mentor to? And if you're young If you're in your, you know, 19, 20 to 25 and you're looking for someone, listen, invite yourself, find that woman that you say, I need to know more about her and ask her, Hey, do you mind if I come over for dinner sometime? Don't be scared. They won't say no because you're asking them to impart a portion of their knowledge to you. That's special. That's really special, ladies. We don't need to be pretentious. Sometimes you do need to say, hey, I need to know more about you. When can I come over for dinner?
2: That's a great idea. And I wish I had been bolder to have done that more when I was young, because there are lots of women that I can think of. You know, I, I may get bold right now. There's lots of women in my, this season of my life I can think of that are farther along in their journey than I, that I would like to hear their stories. And I would like to know how they navigated with such grace and such dignity through different seasons of life. That's a great, great idea.
0: Okay, next, fire. Gather around a fire. Mm. If you That's don't a have a way. fireplace, buy a big old candle at Target, put it in the middle of your table. You just need something there aflame. In the book "Find Your People" by Jenny Allen, that you've heard us talk about all the time, there is something magical about gathering around a fire. Life happens there. It has really since you know we've we've been warming ourselves outside of a fire <laughs> centuries ago. Um, so that is a powerful place to sit and communicate and be in relationship.
1: That's one reason we built our outdoor fireplace. I mean we created an outdoor space with a fireplace because we wanted to have a spot where people wanted to gather and wanted to hang and wanted to be together. And it has already been used multiple times for that purpose.
2: Mm -hmm. We hosted many a youth group growing up around our pool and around our fire pit was a great place together. And have y'all seen the new solo stoves? Do you know what a solo stove is? Those
0: are awesome. Yes.
2: Oh I see I don't have one. I would love to have one and I would if I didn't have my fire pit. It's a it's a smokeless hmm. fire pit. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah. so we will link those in the um, show notes because you're right, Chelsea. That is a great, great way to gather. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I think it's time to discuss what we're feeding our guests. So what's for dinner?
2: I can start. So I'm going to link a recipe for chicken noodles. This is a recipe um, that I learned from ermily Garner. She is a lady in my community that has been loving on people well with food and showing hospitality to many for years and years and years. I, I know she has taken this recipe to us Uh, after one of my kids had surgery, you, I mean, I've seen her take it to, to people just for various reasons, just to show love and hospitality. It is super, super easy. In fact, I fed it to Chelsea and her kids last night when they arrived. Delicious. I'm going to link that in the show notes. It would be great to serve if you're opening your home or it's great to pack up to show love and hospitality to someone if you're taking it to their home.
1: I have a recipe. I actually have not made this for any of you all yet. So looks like I'll be looking at my calendar and finding a <laughs> date to do it. But it is um a spaghetti pie. It's actually from a website called Paleo OMG. And it does not sound great, but I'm telling you, Brandy, I see your face. It's delicious. It is a spaghetti squash. you got meat, sauce. You have pepperonis on top. It, it's so good. Everybody that has ever made it has loved it. So that would be my, my go-to.
0: I love spaghetti squash. I always forget about it, but it is delicious.
3: It is. I don't have a recipe.
2: But what do you have? Brandy's you have bring, bringing the plates. And you have creativity. I'll so what is that ingenuity going
3: to And I'll bring some ice. Yes. Ice is important. Hey, but for real, though, if you're going to somebody's house and they're hosting, a really good thing to take, and people don't know this, at Publix, you can go and order shrimp and they will steam it. And they have like three different types of uh, flavoring or seasoning that they will steam it in. And they'll steam it in like 10 minutes. So you can go around the shop for a little while and come back and it's done and it's ready and it's hot and it's good to go. So that's always a go-to for us when we're taking something to someone's house.
2: I would love for you to bring that to my house. It's wonderful. That's a great idea. Thank you. I would it's love that. me.
0: So quick, easy, hospitable dessert. Betty Crocker Cookie Mix. It comes in multiple flavors. I've been using this stuff since I was in eighth grade. Not even kidding. It's a cookie mix. It keeps forever. I just keep three to four bags in my cupboard. All you have to do is add a stick of butter and one to two eggs. The trick is, is I buy Heath bars and I chop them up and I put them in the mix. They're ready in 12 minutes. Mm. They are absolutely fabulous. That's the toffee, excellent. it that's is. Good. The toffee makes it feel like you're eating something that's absolutely wonderful. They're delicious. Throw a little flaky salt on top. you good to go.
3: That's level four,
2: level five right there. Mm-hmm. I would know you loved me if you brought those. I will do that. Thanks. Hm.
0: Ladies, thanks for listening to this episode of the ATG Podcast. Hey, listen, like and subscribe because we like and we want to subscribe to you too, ladies. Let's connect, open your doors, and fill up those tables with food and conversation and great people. We'll talk to you next time. We love you. See you. And
1: hey, tag us. Tag us, people. If you open your home, you host people, tag our podcast. We will reshare that on our Instagram. See you guys next time. There you go. Bye.